And good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Today's the feast day of Blessed Miguel Pro, a celebrated Christian hero of the 20th century. He was a courageous young Jesuit priest who was martyred by the Mexican government in 1927 for performing his priestly responsibilities and duties. Join me right now to give us a better sense of the life and uh, fidelity of Blessed Miguel Pro is uh, Father James Murphy. He's author of Saints and Sinners in the Cristero War, Stories of Martyrdom from Mexico. He's a retired priest of the Diocese of Sacramento, California, was managing editor of the Diocesan Newspaper, Diocesan Director of Communications, pastor uh, one time of three bilingual parishes, and uh, founded the first Spanish-language Diocesan Newspaper in the nation back in 1979. And he also holds a, a master's in journalism from University of California, Berkeley. And Father, good to have you with me. Thanks. Good to be with you. Well, let's talk about uh, Blessed Miguel Pro. Uh, when was he born? Oh gosh, I don't know the exact date, but he was he was uh, uh, well the son of a miner management, and his dad was the manager of a mining operation in Zacatecas, and so he grew up around the mining industry, he and his sisters, uh, and and was very aware of the exploitation of those Indians in that um, mining industry in Zacatecas. I mean, they were basically slaves. Mm-hmm. All they got was food for their as a salary, you know, and died yeah. in horrible conditions. So he grew up with a very strong social conscience. Yes. It was a very bad time, of course, in Mexico, and yet the, 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 those uh, novices were sent to Spain eventually for training, and then he came back as a priest. Yes, he, so he had to be, the situation in Mexico got so bad that they had to go uh, back to Spain. Jesuits were forced uh, right. to flee. Um, so uh, when did he what, return? What happened was, the, yeah, go ahead. you know, Mexico had become very anti-Catholic. Radicals had taken over the government, and the 1917 Constitution you know, stripped the church of all its property and closed all the schools and uh, the church didn't have a legal identity in the eyes of the state, but but most governors ignored those rules because they were so extreme. But then Calles, Plutarco Calles, came in as, in 24 as president, and he insisted on on um, implementing the constitution as written, literally. Yeah. So he forced the governors to begin to to um, implement it. But then he went further. He said that. Um, he passed a famous law called the Caius Law, and the Caius Law gave governors and legislatures the power to control how many priests worked in their state. In other words, you had to have a license to be a priest, just like a, a doctor or a dentist. You had to have a license. You had to, you had to apply for a license, and all those who were existing had to apply for the license. That gave the, the, the state the power to decide how many priests would serve in each yeah. um, diocese. Yeah. Not the bishop. So it was it was a way of controlling the church and wiping it out because they they reduced the number of priests to like ridiculous numbers, five or six for huge areas, not almost a whole half of a state. Yeah. Were they that, also that sparked the closing yeah. of the churches. Were, were they forbidden uh to wear clerical garb as well? They were forbidden to wear clerical garb. The priests couldn't vote. They couldn't speak about anything political of any kind. And um they, I mean, basically, see, the churches had closed down. In, in protest against the Caius Law, the bishops did something most unusual in, in 1926. The law came into effect on July 31st. The following day, August 1, 26, the bishops of Mexico closed down the entire church, 
every church in the in the country was closed down. Most unusual in modern times. Yeah, that meant that there were no masses. Yeah, I, I, um, I was just going to ask. So there's no Eucharist to have mass. Yeah, no Eucharist. Wow. But the, the priests did continue to have masses illegally in homes and give out communion in homes. Okay, and that's what Father Pro was doing in Mexico City. He was on the most wanted list for six months in, under their noses in Mexico City, saying masses and giving out communion. And he was a born actor, tremendous personality. He talked himself out of every, every you know, rough situation. <laughs> just to give you an example. Yeah. One morning he was going to say mass in a home uh, at four o'clock in the morning, totally secret, of course, for these people. And he got to the house and there were two police people at the door. Um, and he... Uh, pulled himself together, he was dressed in an overcoat, walked up to them and kind of flashed his overcoat open as if to show them his badge, which there was no badge, of course, he was a priest, <laughs> not a, pretending that he was a, a, a police superior. And then, what's going on here, he asked them. And they, they said there was some suspicious activity. So he walked past them and walked into the, um, the house, went upstairs to the terrified parishioners, told them to quiet down, relax, and just quietly leave one by one then went back out and left and got a salute from the two police people. <laughs> that was Miguel Poe. He was a born actor. <laughs> Great story. Um, yeah. how, how did that, I'm just curious, I mean, I, it's hard for me to imagine how a population, I, I would assume Mexican people were high, were pretty well evangelized. I mean, they were, they were Catholic. Right. And so how did, right. they, how did they take with a secular government like this? It's just, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you think of, this happened below our borders less than 100 years ago. Yeah. It's got to do with the history of Spanish colonialism, and the Spanish church had enormous power in the state. Mm. The church and the state were just one. Um, you know, they, they worked hand in hand, the monarchy and the bishops. Yeah. But then the, that bred a reaction against that. Yeah. And a, a violent reaction. I mean, Calles was so fanatically anti-religion and anti-Catholic. The Sheffield, the ambassador at the time in Mexico City, sent a memo to the State Department. And he said in this, he said, this president, Caius, he said, is something else. He says, every time the, the religion comes up, he gets his face, gets red, and he pounds this, the, the table and loses control of himself. He was fanatical. Yeah, yeah. Some 90 priests were killed during his four years as president. Were they just taken Not out and shot? I mean... Were they just they, taken? Some of them were shot. Yeah, most of them were shot. Some were hanged uh, from telegraph poles. There, there were photographs of that era. You'd see them hanging from telegraph poles and uh. shot during mass, you know. And, uh, but then some were formally executed. Pro, what Calles did was, because Pro was so well known, and he was a very good speaker and writer, high profile, that, that, that Calles decided to make an example of him. So he did a formal execution by a firing squad with no um, trial of course and he invited in the press the press were allowed to go in and photograph it so it's the best documented martyrdom of all of them hmm. uh, made the newspapers the following day and he wanted to get, make an example of pro and let the world know the problems he had with these you know these, these um, you know, clergy that were you know seditious clergy in, in his country what happened was the opposite there was a, a reaction of horror around the world that a civilized country would execute a Catholic priest without um, a trial. Yeah. But the photographs are, you know, still around of his um, of his um, execution. Yeah. Um, 
What were the circumstances surrounding his execution? We we know there's this famous phrase, uh, "Vivo Cristo Rey." Cristo Rey Vivo was that Cristo actually Rey, part of his? All, uh, was it part right, of... they all did that. See, the the, the the Christ the King feast had been instituted by the Pope, I think, the year before, um, because of some, you know, atheistic governments in Europe, and not, but but also here in Mexico in mind. But Me- Mexico took to it. Mexican Catholics took to it more than most. It means an awful lot for Mexican Catholics. Every year, the Viva Cristo Rey, that, that, that feast of last Sunday, is meaningful for them because it brings up for them the memories of their, their great, you know, great-grandparents and uncles and aunts who fought in the Cristero War and died for the faith. Mm. Yeah. Um, did, um, what finally brought um, these, this highly secularized government uh, to its senses? Well, it continued for up to, up to the modern era. It continued literally up to the modern era. Um, John Paul II was the one who broke the ice going to Mexico. And by that time, you know, it wasn't the, the, the laws, were, anti-Catholic laws were sort of ignored. Yeah, yeah. And um, for example, when John Paul II went that first time to Mexico, and he was having these big outdoor masses in, in, in football stadiums and huge crowds coming, including the politicians were going. And a journalist asked the president at the time, he says, he says, are you going to go to, it, uh, to these big rallies with the Pope? Isn't that against the law? And he said, um, he says, I'd be happy to pay the 50 cent fine. <laughs> no, um, nobody was paying attention. Yeah. So eventually yeah. they changed the Constitution enough to make it more, to make it more palatable. But mm-hmm. at the time, the Vatican said that the Mexico Constitution was the most anti-Catholic Constitution in the world, even yeah. worse than China and Russia. Wow. wow. And it was John Paul II, too, who uh, had uh, Father Miguel Pro beatified, is that right? Right. Yep. Um, his case is a bit slower than the other ones. Uh, there was about 25 of them already. Oh, but, I um, see. Okay. Because he had, he had some contacts with the Cristero movement, and of course, to be canonized, if there's any mention of violence, you know, that, that disqualifies you. He wasn't involved directly in the violence, but his brother had closer contacts, and then there was an, then the the uh, the vice the the, the president elect Obregón was assassinated, and unfortunately his brother's car was used in Chapultepec Castle that afternoon to kill uh, Obregón. That sort of complicates right. the process of canonization for Miguel Pro. But I think he will be canonized. I think he will, but it's a, it's a little slower. Sure. Tell, tell us about the Cristero movement and this, uh, again, this is one response that uh, some Catholics had to the oppression. Right. I mean, well, people eventually were so exasperated uh, by the whole thing, and of course the closing of the churches by the bishops, they didn't blame the bishops, they blamed Caius. Mm-hmm. And it was sheer frustration. So it started off as local riots in local towns, and they took over the barracks and drive out the police, and then took over the guns and the horses and build themselves up. And then it it sort of coalesced into uh, into a movement. Um, and the lay Catholic groups who had been very active, active laymen, took it over and made it a serious war. It went on then for three years, but they were really totally not equipped like the government. And at the time. The army had been up, upgraded by the by the Americans, up to date uh, the latest equipment of all kinds. So they were much much. It was a it was a David versus Goliath. It really yeah. was. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, uh, it they is really stunning. Shook, they shook the, the government quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, and it's it's very, very difficult for years. us. Yeah, very difficult for us. It's a good, actually, it's a good study to stimulate our imagination, too, to make right. us realize that it, it doesn't take too many uh, twists and turns for a government to become Correct. so thoroughly anti-Catholic. So Correct. Well, Bob, and, you know, I do think that uh, the, the reason that Mexicans are such deep Catholics in this country, we all have that experience in our parishes, they, they have a deeper faith is that they suffer for the thing. Yeah. We're spoiled. We never suffer for anything. Yeah. No. A very good point. Father, thanks much. Wonderful talking with you. Great. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, again, Father James Murphy, Murphy, author of Saints and Sinners in the Cristero War, Stories of Martyrdom from Mexico.